Hi guys, this is Natasha Brown and you have tuned into His Word. His Word is here to bring glory to God's name, one testimony at a time. We are here to encourage, uplift, inspire, evangelize and to fellowship with Christ. So what is a testimony? A testimony is the evidence that God is working in your life. It gives us the assurance that God is real and that he is definitely here. So what are you waiting for? Share your testimony today. Hear his word, speak his word and share his word. His word is God's word. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode on Testimony Tuesdays. You have now tuned into His Word and this is Natasha Brown. This episode is Season 3, Episode 19 called Glory to Glory. Our anchor scripture for this episode is taken from John chapter 1 verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I pray that as you hear, as you listen, to this episode that God will enable you to reach levels that you will go from glory to glory in the name of Jesus we have a fantastic guest today called Beatrice and she's all the way from Texas and she blessed me and I pray that she also blesses you so welcome Beatrice how are you and let us know what the Lord has done for you Hi, so my name is Beatrice Angelique Arosa, currently in Dallas, Texas, and currently I just uh, getting out of high school, senior year, ready to graduate, and uh, right now I'm just focusing on my ministry at church, and also I'm a TikToker, and I post Christian content, and yeah. Amen, and what is your testimony? My testimony. Well, I'm so glad just to first to be on here and just share this part of me that God has really just, I consider testimonies as a blessing because not only is it for you and what he's done in your life to for him to bring you closer to him, uh, but it's also for the people on the other side of your obedience to God. So when I became born again and I became a Christian, it was around the end of 2019. It was a big change in my life because before uh, that turning point, I just I was considered agnostic. I didn't see God as someone who was really a big deal. Yeah, God could exist, but there was a point in my heart that I didn't want him to exist because I knew that there were some things that I was doing that I desired. I grew up with my family Catholic, but then I became agnostic. And with that, uh, me being and growing up in a church, in a religion already, it made me know a little bit about God and knowing how much I knew about God and what I knew about God made me not want to learn more about him because I've always saw him as someone who was harsh, who had so much rules. So then I distanced myself because I saw my lifestyle and it didn't fit the Catholic faith. So I was like, you know, I just don't want to be in the faith in general. And if God was real, I don't want to be near him. But everything changed during the end of 2019 when my dad was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And that was a really big turning point because it was not only my family that wasn't saved, it was my my extended family. It was me personally. I thought that after my dad's diagnosis, I didn't know where to go to. Realizing it during that time right now, I honestly kind of didn't care because I didn't have any love in my heart. My relationship with dad, with my, with my dad, we weren't that close. When I heard that he was being diagnosed with stage four cancer, it did hit me, but it didn't hit me as much. I lacked compassion um, as someone who didn't 
no God. Following that, my dad, after a month of being diagnosed with stage four cancer, he was also diagnosed with multiple tumors in his body. And that really struck my family. And after a week of those news, we had to go to the ER because his body was not functioning at all because my dad was a person that he wouldn't go to the doctors. He would just ignore the pain, ignore it until it was really bad and he needed to. So when my dad went to the doctors, he was put in there and it turns out that he had colon cancer specifically. And with that, there was this time and I could, I literally remember the day because it was so amazing. It was October 10, 2019. And the doctor said that we have to do a surgery on your dad, on his stomach, on his colon, because he can't pass gas. And he needed to pass gas because his stomach was really big. He needed to pass gas in order to, for his body to circulate even more, to work properly. But my dad couldn't. And the doctor said his body cannot do this. So we have to do a life or death surgery. And the surgery doesn't even guarantee that he's going to be okay afterwards. It's a surgery that uh, will, will, will might even kill him that might he might die on that table um so it was either he dies uh next week without taking the surgery or he dies in the surgery so that really struck my family and i remember that night when we received that news it was after all that that me my brother and my mom came home my sister was in the hospital she's a nurse so she stayed there because she wants to make sure my dad was okay and my family had the seed of faith they had that seed of faith planted when they were Catholic. And although we were, we were the type of Catholic that we went to church, not even once a year, we went every other year because that's how distant we were with God. So, so when my brother was hearing all of this, he remembered the time where he bought a Bible years ago. He's never touched it, but he was like, felt so led for some reason to just open it one time and just see what happened. He opened it. And the first thing it says is, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open. And that right there struck so much light in my brother's heart that he told uh, my mom, me, and himself to just pray at that moment. And my brother and my mom prayed. And this is where it was. So it's such a turning point for me, even though it was to my family as well. I think it was a bigger turning point for me is because I didn't want to pray with them. I refused to pray with them. And I saw them praying so hard, but yet I fell asleep. They were, they were praying in my room, but I fell asleep because I had so much uh, division with God that I couldn't let myself to even speak to God, even at a desperate moment. So when they prayed, I woke up to a phone call and my brother answered it. It was our sister. And our sister said, dad passed gas just now and the doctors don't need to take surgery. And he is not going to take that surgery and he has an actual chance to live. And that broke my whole family to tears. But for me, although hearing all of this, I was moved, but not even to the point that I gave glory to God. It was like, I think it's the doctors. I think it's this. Realizing right now, the doctors even gave up on my dad, but the one person that didn't was God. He did not give, give up on my dad at all. After a couple of days, my dad went home to our house and he was feeling great. He was feeling good. And then there was one night though, my dad had a nightmare 
and in the middle of the night he was he described his dream as the devil chasing him with like i don't know it was something something they were just the devil was it was like devils and demons chasing him he woke up and he went to our room and my dad is someone who does is not vulnerable who's not willing to open up or even just knowing about god he never had that idea of god even though he was catholic he never imagined himself having a relationship with god so when he came to our room he was like i just need help i need god i need god so my whole family prayed for him in that moment he gave his life to christ my dad gave his life to christ that moment because he knew that the devil was trying to take him that night he refused god refused you're, he said you're not going to take him because i have something way more in store he gave his life to christ and the reason why i mention this is because it's not only my dad's testimony but it's part of mine because during that time they they prayed in my room and yet i was still asleep i my brother was like waking me up like uh beatrice like why are you still why are you still sleeping like your dad is this is this is our dad this is what's happening and i still went back to sleep because i had so much it was so much division with me and god i had so much hatred and this is where i go into a deeper part of my testimony when my dad was being diagnosed with cancer there was also a time like a couple weeks later that i was diagnosed with bipolar 2 it made more sense with my diagnosis of how i was doing stuff in the past how i was going back and forth with my emotions with my depression with feeling this high and then going back low again and i just it, it made all sense you know and not only that but uh during this time i was uh seeking a relationship with a girl i was part of the uh lgbtu plus community and i was feeling so much hatred towards god because of what i thought god was to this this community i've always heard that god hates gay people i've always heard that god doesn't doesn't like what i was doing and he's going to send me to hell i've always heard that and and this was and i heard that and i had this this picture of god just not just not loving me at all that i was like god you know what i if you don't love me i'm not going to i i don't love you too i hate you even and i don't care if you send me to hell because i wouldn't want to be with you anyway if you don't want to be with me i've always saw god like that and i saw him like that without even knowing about god without even opening his word i i knew that from other people's uh what they said about god what other people said like other christians said about god i didn't see god for himself um and that was a big part of it another big part of my testimony is the comparison with my body i also struggled with eating disorders as well and i want to go through each one of these specific testimonies in detail because i believe there's so much power within one of them so with all this happening with my dad and and with my uh sexuality and hating god and and going through so much emotion in this roller coaster of depression and highs I felt so overwhelmed and I there was a time where I was so tired. I was so tired of running. The reason why I went into get a diagnosis because I needed to know what was going on with me because in 6th grade I had this um this backslide where I actually went home school for a year because I thought that everyone hated me. I had this thing and it ruined my emotions and then um There is a time where I yeah I was homeschooled for a year because I had this like month period of just full on depression. 
not getting out of bed, not wanting to talk to anyone. I didn't talk to my family. I was just in my room. But then there'll be times where I feel this high, but then I already knew that afterwards there was going to be a low. And I was just so tired of that cycle. I was so tired of it. And then also with dealing with my sexuality. Out of all the testimonies that you've just mentioned, what is the one testimony that has been the most impactful on your journey with God? I feel I, if I had to specifically talk about one testimony that really has hit me, it would be that testimony because it was a testimony that brought me away from God for years and months. You know, when I was in that community, I remembered, I remembered specifically trying my best to make God love me. I forced myself to believe that God loved me, even though I heard that he didn't. I remember specifically uh, hiding this from my family because they, because since my family became Christian after my dad, I didn't. I was the only one in my family that didn't become born again, that didn't give their life to Christ because I had this, this little seed of hatred growing in my heart for God. So when I saw my family living for God, I felt like they were against me because of how much I knew what Christians said about God or what Christians said about um, my, my sexuality there. I realized that there was a time that I needed to seek God for myself and see what he actually had to say. It was the beginning of 2012. I was a sophomore at the time or a junior at the time, I believe. When I was talking to my brother and my family, I felt like, oh, I didn't want to talk about them. I didn't want to talk to them because it, it's just really brought so much division because I, I thought I was hated for it. There was a season where I was like, okay, let me, let me read the Bible. Let me read the, let me touch the Bible. Let me uh, touch the Bible and see what it said. I tried to take out scriptures. I tried to, I was trying to convince myself that, that God loved my sin. Basically, I was trying to convince God that God loved what I was doing and that I could keep doing it. But this is where I say testimonies are so powerful. And there is a time where I opened up a podcast and I was trying to find every way to, to see how God could love me at this state of my life. So I was trying to find a way where God would say, yeah, being gay is okay. Being, I accept you. I love you. I was craving for that. And then I opened up a podcast where it was like, like a pastor that's a gay Christian talking about his testimony. I was like, okay, a gay pastor. Yay. I'm going to finally, I can show this to my family. I can show this to, to anyone that yes, I, I, I could be like this and, and God loves me. I could finally find a way to, I listened to the podcast and I, I was so intrigued with it. I didn't leave it at all. And and I remember hearing this. Uh, it, it was a podcast that that showed so much truth and grace that I remember the pastor saying, I gave up my, my desires because I knew that loving God was worth way more. And I was like, you love God that much? You love God that much to give up this desire? That like why like why do you have to like why do we have to give it up why why can't we just be like this why do you love God so much and I was like there was that seed in me and I was like this person loves God so much there must be something up with this dude there must be something up with this Jesus dude like if you love Jesus that much there has to be something because there's no way and then my church there I had a church in Hawaii I was this is the time where I lived in Hawaii and. I, there was a there was this church encounter event, 
And I, I was like, I don't want to go here. I don't want to go to some church encounter event. It's an all day church encounter event. So I'm like, why would I go all day? But I was like, okay, I'll go. And the reason why I said yes, and the reason why I went is because not only was I wanting to seek God after that podcast, but I was also struggling with my bipolar disorder. And I was at, de- at this worst depression at my life, a point where I wanted to just completely give up. I wanted to just uh, not be on earth anymore. And I just, I was just like, you know what? If Jesus is really this good, then that's just take, that's just take that one, that one step. So I went to that encounter. There was worship music. There was people just being so happy. And I was like, okay, okay, let's see. There was this time where, um, I don't remember the specific song, but it was just encouraging me. It was, it was encouraging my heart. And then I just broke down in front of God because there was a split second where I felt this warmth around me. I felt this warm hug around me. And it was so incredible that I said to God and I gave my life to Christ there because I said to God, if I could get this this warm hug for more than a second, I will do anything to serve you. I would do anything because this is what I needed. I needed this peace. I needed this love because I tried searching everywhere. I tried finding fulfillment with friends, with, with my desires. I tried finding the fulfillment in my love life and it all didn't work out. I tried finding fulfillment in, and sometimes lust and drinking. I had all of that and only to realize that all of those did not amount to that one second of feeling I felt in that encounter. And I was like, you know what? I wanted to give my life to Christ. There was a time where uh, my, my church event, uh, they, they were like, raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ or to receive God. And what I did was I raised my hand and I went up there boldly and proudly because they said that Whoever comes boldly to the throne will have abundant grace. And I was like, I want that abundant grace. I want that grace right now because I need it. From how much I've gone against you, I want that. I, I needed it. It felt like water. It felt like I've been so dehydrated my whole life. But that one sip, I, now I just want more. I wanted God to show me more. A lot of people will be like, okay, you give your life to Christ, everything is good. I still look at those testimonies and say that God has redeemed me, but it was a still a journey. And I'm so glad it was still a journey. To be honest, in that moment, I thought that if I gave my life to Christ, it would be all, you know, rainbows and butterflies. It was going to be all good. But then I realized no, it wasn't. It felt like after that encounter, it was the same. But the only thing different was that I had peace. That I knew that I was going through a trial, but I knew that I wasn't going through it alone. And that's what changed the game. Wow, God is here and, I, and, I, and God is for me. I don't have to worry right now because I know that, that there's someone holding me. It felt that during that time of that encounter, I was actually giving my burdens. I wasn't just saying it, but I was just giving it to him. So after that, I still experienced my episode of depression, but I would open up worship. I started to open up the Bible app and I would let my brothers and sisters pray for me because I would, I remember them, like, I would tell them, no, don't pray for me. Like, I, I, I didn't believe in the power of prayer until after. And then I started to see God move and work. 
uh, I was able to be redeemed from bipolar disorder. There's times where the enemy will make me think that I still, uh, you know, go through it. That was, that was just really big to me. And then with me and my uh, sexuality, I didn't learn to strain myself. I, a lot of people will think that when you become ex-gay or ex-LGBT, you suddenly strain yourself and you don't have that attraction. That's a lie. During that time, I didn't, I didn't try to strain myself. I didn't try to force a, sexu- a sexuality on me, but I actually learned to love biblically. For the people in my family, for my friends, for, for all of those, I learned to love biblically. Um, and I think that's a really big part of my testimony because a lot of people in this community will be so discouraged and feel like they hate God or because they, because God hates them. And I just really want to encourage anyone who's listening that God loves you completely. He doesn't want to change you. He doesn't want to straighten you. He doesn't want to do all of these things to, to make you feel like you have to be changed in order to go to him. No, he wants to meet you from where you're at and then lead you. He, and that's what he did to me. And I can testify that as someone who did not want to give up anything in my life, who saw that my dad was at his worst place, almost dying on his deathbed, I still said no to God until I realized I had to seek God for himself. And I, when I faced him, it, I just saw mercy and I just saw freedom and I saw just being just redemption. I saw so much and I was like, I want, I was chasing after that. It's not about where you're at at the moment. Sometimes we will, sometimes we will think that because I don't feel good, sometimes when I'm down, when I'm depressed, when I'm going through this and that, we feel like we have to deal it all by ourselves, which is such a big lie. And God has proven to so many people that he's not been, he doesn't, he has not left you. And one verse that has really always stuck to me, I remember reciting this in the time where I was in my bed uh, during my episodes of bipolar, the depression side. I remember saying this to myself and it was like, God saying in um, Deuteronomy, I will not leave you nor forsake you. And I remember crying each time I hear that because I, for my whole life, I thought that verse was never true. And it's only when I was willing that it came alive. It, it brought life into my heart. It restored joy. And it was just amazing to, you know, witness that. Amen. You said a lot. That was a lot. Um, I don't even know where to even start, but it's just amazing how God proved himself in your dad's life, in your, it's like he went through everybody in your household. Like the Bible tells us that Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, it says, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And it's just amazing how he went to everybody in your household and he found a way to bring them back to Christ. And even though you were the the last person to come back to Christ, it's like he used your um, family as an avenue to open that. Even though you were sleeping, they continued to pray. Even though you weren't interested, they continued to pray. And it's just amazing how he then led you to a conference that then brought you closer to him. And it's just crazy how like you went through all these things, like your um, 
sexuality, your your um, mental health. You went through all these things, but you made it very clear that you don't have to be perfect to come to Christ. You just need to have an open heart and an open desire to, to know more about him. And anybody who's playing this episode, you need to have an open heart. You need to have a desire to know him. You don't have to be perfect. Things don't have to look right, but he just wants you as you are. I just want to say thank you for highlighting that because I know a lot of people who say, you know what, I can't come to um, Christ right now because I do this or I do that, but he will work on you just as you are. And that's what really came out to me in this, in this entire episode. He will work on you just as you are. Like your dad, he went through his illness, but God worked on him just as he was. Like in terms of your, um, your um, sister and your brother and your mom, God worked on them just as they were. And I just have a question for you, like for anybody who's going through like a mixture of like not knowing what to do or who to turn to because there's a lot of people out there who are false prophets or who are false pastors and they're preaching the wrong word like the bible tells us that you know he loves everybody god is love like in order for you to know how to love you need to know god right so he's not against gays he's not against any of those people he wants them all to come back to him of course it's not right but he wants them to come back to him so that he can obviously work on them and help them right I believe like God allows you to go through a journey for a reason. Like you are obviously on here sharing this for a reason because there's someone out there who feels exactly how you felt. So the the question that I have for you is for anybody out there who's having like thoughts about their sexuality and they don't know what to do and they want to know God, but they feel this rebellious spirit over them where they want to go to Christ, but there's something that's holding them back. What advice do you have for that? already that's such an amazing question because that's actually a question I would always ask and I would ask myself like how do I how do I do this now like how do I move forward a a little part of my testimony with this is that I came out to my brother uh when and this is a time where we're we're Christian and even after being saved I still like identified myself in this community but I I wanted to seek God so I, I asked my brother like I don't know what to do. Like I have this attraction towards girls and I, I know that the Bible doesn't approve of it. And what my brother said, and it always will stick to me is that I want you to know that I love you no matter what. And it's not my place to judge you. But in this time, I want you to seek God for yourself. I want you to ignore everyone that says otherwise about God and and, and this and that. I want you to see God for himself because I believe he has the answer that you're looking for and more. The and more part was so true. You know, my advice to anyone who wants to, to just seek God more is just have that desire. That desire is so important because I had opportunities to seek God. I had a family being saved and yet I had, although with that opportunity, I lacked desire. And with that lack of desire, I didn't take that first step. So I really just encourage you like this, like even listening to this podcast fully is a first step. Listen to someone's testimony that that is going through something uh, similar as you is a first step because that stirs a desire that stirs a fire in your heart. God was like, you are worried about so much and you're doing this all in your own strength. I just need you to just just relax and come to me because what I want to do is give you my desires, the desires of God's heart. He wants to give me his desires. And 
just lay it on me. And I think that's my biggest advice is to gain the same desires as God. The thing that I say when I say my testimony about homosexuality, I don't like saying I've been healed or I've been delivered. I love to say I've been redeemed because with delivered, a lot of people will think, oh, you're delivered. That means you, you don't have any attraction anymore. You, you don't claim that anymore. You do this. I say I'm redeemed because although there may be times I may struggle with it, I choose to follow God because I know God has such a plan set for me that I that when I choose to follow God biblically and I choose to love everyone around me biblically, that is when that's when my desires and my heart start to fit with God's. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's important to highlight that it is a process. I, I, I love how you um, mentioned that these things just don't go away overnight, but it's a process. Like the, the more that you go in your Bible, the more that you are praying, the more that you attend church, the more that you give your entire being to God, that's when you will slowly see that changes are being made. That, that, that's when you will slowly see that, you know what, I don't have those thoughts anymore. I don't have those desires anymore, but it's a process. If you give up before you see the end of it, then it's not a process, but it's a process. Like an entire um, journey with God is a process. Like with Paul, he says, I finished the race. A race isn't just an instant thing. Like it takes, it takes time to go from A to B. It's a process, it's a race, it's, it's a walk. Whatever it is, it's a journey, right? And you will feel times where you are up and down about it. But as long as you continue to hold on to his word, that he's able to help you, that he's your helper, he's your redeemer. Honestly, I feel like your testimony has really given me a new outlook. And I, I, I believe that anybody out there who's playing this, I know that they will also see the um god in this testimony like this isn't just a coincidence that you had all these things to say and it's not just about your um sexuality as well like you also dealt with other major things like your family you know they were going through all these things but you all came together as well and i wanted to know like how are you guys now like as a family as a unit now that you're in christ has that changed anything so that actually changed a lot um so my family before our relationship was horrible we were we had a horrible relationship um not only as like between individuals like I had a horrible relationship with this person and that it was just all together we were just really not united as a family as we should be but after giving our life to Christ it, as I say always say this it takes time but like now I see the fruit of it I see it prospering I see it being um I see it growing like my family, like I'll share a little bit of my brothers and my sister's testimonies. They were alcoholics. Um, my dad was alcoholic. My my mom was like, uh, she had um, she was dealing with some other things too. But with all of this, um, my sister and my brother, they they always love to share their testimony. So that's why I'm mentioning too because um, it was a big part of it because uh, they we would always my family would always drink together. But then we went from drinking and then they went from serving their, their serving for the Lord and, um, for my dad. So a big thing about my dad, and I, I guess this is also part of my testimony. My dad, uh, he passed away last year, but the way he passed away will always be something in my heart because when he passed away, I knew it was his time. And that's the difference between, I say, from 2021 and 2019. A lot of people will be like, well, that's not God. He didn't live a long life. 
God does not guarantee long life. He guarantees eternity. He, he guarantees salvation. And I think that's what a lot of people, when I, when I, sometimes I'm afraid to share my testimony with my dad because they'll be like, okay, so how's your dad now? And saying that he passed away, it makes it seem like it lost power. But actually, it actually gave more power because when he passed away, he was living for God. Before he passed away, he was baptized. He spoke in tongues. He, he did all this work. He did all this obedience to God. And then when he died and he, he went home to the Lord, it was so aligned. Like when my dad died in the hospital, uh, the day he was, so my, so my, my dad has um, his siblings over in a different state. And they were like, oh, we want to go. Um, so we want to go uh, to Hawaii um, April 20th. And we want to just visit your dad. Like they wanted to fly in in April 20th. But then something in their hearts was like, you know what? That's, let's, let's go there early. Like let's go there early. And then they came there early and they got to see my dad. They got to talk to him, to spend time with him. And the day that they were supposed to fly in, but they changed it to earlier was the day he passed. So if they flew in that day, they would have not talked to my dad. But that's why I say everything after that aligned so well. And there was a part where I was like, um, there was a part where I was like, I got mad at God. But then God was like, I know you're hurt, but I know that if you stick through this, you will see the glory. And now I can boldly say I've seen the glory because not only did I, because I said that I got mad at God because of how much I got closer with my dad, how much I wish he, he grew up with me more. But I saw that there was so much glory and it was his time. Now my family, we're, we're living for God and my, my dad's uh, mission is not over yet. He has a, uh, he has a mission in heaven. He has, he has an anointing and now he's just, he was a person that like helped my family was a vessel for my family to be saved and now he's finally with him and I'm just so happy with all of this happening that we as a family are still able to glorify God through the midst of a storm because I know that sometimes death is a hard topic sometimes death is scary but with my dad he wasn't scared because he knew what was ahead and it was life so yeah thank you so much Beatrice for coming on to the His Word podcast it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here your family and yourself has blessed me completely and I will continue to cherish this testimony because it's taught me a lot about life it's taught me a lot about God and the more I hear these testimonies the more I see a new side of God and how he is and I believe that the more you learn about God you will always learn something new even though he's the same yesterday today and forevermore you will always learn something new about him the more you seek him because he's a God of everything and the more you seek him the more you will find him the more you allow him to be the priority in your life everything else will fall into place and you will be surprised and amazed Throughout this whole testimony, I could hear the joy and I could feel the peace that Beatrice has in Christ. And I pray that that same peace, the same peace that surpasses all understanding, will come upon everybody who's playing this episode in the name of Jesus. I pray that the same joy, the Bible says that joy is where God is. 
where God is, is where joy is. You need to want to be where God is because that is where the true joy is. And I pray that anybody playing this episode, that you shall receive and experience the joy of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Thank you again, Beatrice, for coming on. I value you. I appreciate you. And I pray that everything good come to you in this life. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. We thank God that he continues to work wonders in our lives. And I just want to say as well that if you do have a testimony, do not hesitate to reach out. We are an international platform and we are here to glorify God's name internationally. So if you do have a testimony, do not keep it to yourself. If your friends and family have shared something amazing, you let us know and we're able to use this platform to glorify God's name and to bring many people to Christ. The Bible tells us in Revelations chapter 12 verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Do you know how powerful that is? The living word lets us know that we have a duty to overcome, to overcome every obstacle of the enemy, everything that he has programmed to have dominion over your life, everything that he has programmed to work against you, every obstacle, it fails because of your testimony. It fails because you were able to overcome. It fails because you took that step to glorify God's name, to be obedient, to really acknowledge him. So if you are sitting on a testimony, sit no longer. Change the narrative on your life and give God all the glory. You don't know who you're able to impact. You don't know who you're able to save just by sharing what he has done for you. So guys, it's been a pleasure. It's Natasha Brown and you have listened to his word.